Welcome everyone to Just Dow It, the podcast for people starting DAOs. I'm Adam Miller and I'm your host. I'm the CEO of MyDAO, which provides legal entity solutions for DAOs. And prior to starting MyDAO, I did consulting for people starting and operating DAOs. This is the second of two episodes that will come out this week. Uh, in the first episode, we covered uh, this week's uh, DAO news with our guest, Crypto Bushi. And now we're going to go deeper into an interview with him to get to know him better and get his ideas and advice and experiences uh, that he can share with, with all of us to help all of us be better DAO leaders and contributors. So welcome again, Crypto Bushi. Um, earlier in the week, we asked you what makes you an authority on DAOs. So, would you please tell us uh, who are you and how did you get into Web3 and DAOs in the first place? Who am I? That is always like the hardest question ever. Like if you're ever in like a job <laughs> interview or something, people are like, so tell me about yourself. It's like the hardest yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> but um, I was doing something completely different um, before this. I pretty much got exposed to crypto during COVID when everybody was locked inside and just on their computers. You know, I was, I was doing the same thing bored and worried that the world was falling apart and that maybe we're all going to turn to zombies or something. And I was actually reading The Stand by Stephen King at that time too, which like made it way worse. <laughs> so my friends told me about crypto and they're like, hey, you should really check out crypto. And like some of my friends are like really into investing in stuff into like stocks and options and stuff. And I've never really been into that stuff. I'm not like much of a gambler. And uh, they're like, no, check it out. And so I started checking it out, like just like typical like Coinbase, buying like Ethereum, buying Bitcoin, just like really basic, like just holding coins. And I remember thinking, I'm like, cool, like I own the coins now. Like, well, what can you do with them? And like my friends, that kind of was like, that was where it stopped for them. Like, they're like, oh, you just hold it and it goes up in value. I'm like, well, why? Like, what's what? Why is Ethereum worth anything? Like, I don't understand. And so then I started to just kind of do some more research. And I started to really get into Twitter at the time, like at that time. Like, I didn't have a Twitter account. I've never been a Twitter person. And I quickly realized, like, holy crap crypto Twitter is like really engaging and fun. And there's like a bunch of really smart people here. There's a bunch of like really wealthy people who are like giving their thoughts for free. Like it's really a great place. And so I started to just fall down the crypto Twitter rabbit hole. And at this time, uh, NFTs really started to take off. And so that resonated with me right away because I've always been like a pretty creative person. I wasn't like an artist or anything like that. And I remember thinking, I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like these people are making stuff that just looks real and you know, they're making it in their bedroom, like by themselves. And they make like these, you know, it looks like movie quality stuff. And so I was like, I'm, I want to learn how to do that. Like while I'm just sitting at home waiting for the world to like figure out what it's going to do. And so I downloaded Blender, which is a free open source software for 3D. And I started just watching YouTube tutorials. And uh, I was really just hooked ever since. And so I started just making art and I just made stuff for fun. And at this point, again, like I had no Twitter following. So I'd never been on Twitter, like even my personal life. So I had like, no, I had like zero followers, like, you know, and so I'm posting like my artwork on Twitter and like doing hashtags and stuff, just trying to get people to see it. Like, I'm not even trying to sell it. I'm just trying to like post stuff and have people say like, cool or nice. And like nothing, right? Like crickets. <laughs> so I'm like, cool, whatever. Like, I'm just going to keep making this stuff for fun. And I just kept doing it. And then at that time, like Bankless Dow was getting formed and I got the airdrop for that, which was cool. And that's where I started to like learn about DAOs. And then they opened up like this like art channel or meme channel or something in the DAO. And I made this robot like kind of the night before the DAO launched, which is weird. And uh, it's this robot with two middle fingers up, like flicking off the camera. And across the visor, it says, fuck banks. And I made this before the bankless DAO launched. And I didn't even know the DAO was launching. And so 
I remember I was like, ooh, like this is perfect for bankless DAO, like robot, the pink robot with his middle fingers up says fuck banks. Like this is perfect. And so I posted it in that channel. Bankless HQ, like the main bankless podcast, they they were posting it on their account. And like I was getting all these followers and and it was just like really like a, you know, like a big dopamine high. I was like, oh, this is really fun. And so that's really what propelled me into the space and really where I dove down the rabbit hole and, and just got really hooked was really from the art side for more than anything. Cool. So, you know, a lot of the people listening to this podcast are starting DAOs or at least their contributors to DAOs are interested in contributing. Um, so I'd be curious to ask you, what were some, what was the biggest growing pain that you've experienced with DAO punks or another DAO in the early stages? And how did you address that challenge? Yeah. So A, I would say like you need a really dope team behind you. Like if you want to launch a project, any sort of DAO or really any sort of like Web3 related project, you really should try to put your best foot forward and everything should be made to its best degree possible. I mean, everything. So like even the branding should be really top notch. And so like, for instance, we were blessed with DAO punks where we had like a whole branding team who was like focused on just the branding you know, I was focused on creating the art with Sinjin. So like I really could just keep my head down and just work on the artwork and focus on that. We had a really great developer team like who were worried about like the smart contract and all the logistics. We just had a really great like project management team who just helped kind of keep everyone together working towards the same goal. I mean, really like everybody was like, everybody was just super excited. And so I'd say that's something that you need. Like you need a group of people, even if it's just two people, like whatever your group needs to be super excited to like start the project. And then you guys need to just keep that excitement rolling. And then because in, in the end of the day, like everything gets hard and like, you're going to run into problems uh, in your inception of it. And if you have no excitement, then you're just going to quit probably. So the excitement is really not, it's there for when shit hits the fan and like, you're, you're like, okay, well, you know what? Like we're going to, we're going to figure it out because you something's going to happen and you're, you're going to figure it out. Only if you're excited, though. If you're not excited, you're not having fun, then the moment that it becomes not fun, you're just going to be like, okay, oh, screw this. This was a terrible idea. Like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. So so was that the core team um, that you're talking about that you had to have a good team behind behind the project? Are you guys like an executive team for the project or not so much? It started as like an art project again. So like, I mean, even when we were like close to launch, we were just like an NFT project. Like we, I wasn't calling us a DAO or anything. Like we were basically the concept behind the DAO punks was like, we wanted to like create like visuals of like what we thought some of these like kind of rebellious DAO workers looked like and like their digital personas and stuff. And so really like we were just like another PFP project at that point. Like that's really what it was. It was just a basic like PFP NFT project. And then of course, since we spawned out of Bankless DAO, we had a bunch of just DAO people who are interested in DAOs. And so everybody's like, oh, well, we can use the NFTs as governance tokens and we can hook it up to Snapshot and like all this other stuff. And so then enough people just kept calling it a DAO. And like, and then, you know, we didn't really even have the idea for the grants for a while either. That we started a channel inside of our Discord called Ideas. And basically we just invited people, said, hey, like, what would, if we donated a portion of the treasury to the community, like, what would you guys want to do with it? And, um, the whole idea of giving away grants was like the number one thing that pretty much everybody got behind. And so then once, once the whole grant giving idea, like really took hold, that's when it was like, okay, well, I guess we're a DAO because 
you know, we, we need some sort of governance structure to like figure out how like the money gets allocated and stuff like that. And so I'd say one of the hard parts though, and uh, just go back to your question was like, everything has its like honeymoon phase where it's like sexy and fun and like, you know, it's like everything's going great, but then eventually everything starts to slow down and people start to lose interest, especially in web three. Cause there's all shiny objects like everywhere. Um, so you have to just make sure that you're willing to like push through those times and just continue to like push whatever the objective you have for the project and uh, just be ready for that to happen. Like crypto is, I think it's kind of bad that like, you see this mania where people come in and start speculating and like everything prices go up and you know all this crazy stuff's happening everyone's super excited and then like just that excitement's not sustainable and so don't get don't get too like reliant on that excitement from your community because eventually it's going to taper down and uh only the real people are going to be left and you might be surprised at how little of those people are left and it doesn't mean that you don't have a bunch of other people on the outside who like don't like your project it just means they're just really busy doing other stuff so it's like for you, you, for instance, I mean, at, like, I don't see like you in the, the discord all the time, like talking, right? I mean, it's like, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. But like, that doesn't mean that like, you still don't like the Dow Punks. I mean, you like your hoodie and everything and probably like other aspects about it too. And there's probably lots of people like you, but like you're, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to rely on you to like come to the governance meetings and stuff and like help formulate like governance for Dow Punks. I mean, it's just not, it's not realistic. And so I think people need to realize that like, it's not you know, it, these projects go through ebbs and flows of, of engagement. Yep. So how is Daopunks doing governance? Do you guys have a multi-sig and a snapshot? Are you doing on-chain voting of any kind? How, how do you handle that kind of stuff? Yeah. So every, all the votes go to snapshot. Um, we do have like a governance framework that like the whole community put together. Governance is not really like my forte, nor is it really like my like main interest either. So like I kind of let the community just totally take that. I was like, yeah, whatever you guys, whatever you guys say the governance looks like, then that's what it looks like. Like I'm not going to like really get involved into that. And so we have all these governance docs. I talk about the specifics if anybody wants to go look. Um, but yeah, basically the, the NFT is used as the governance token. We vote through snapshot and then, yeah, we have a multi-sig. I think right now there's like maybe seven or nine people on the multi-sig. I'm not sure what the last number is. But, um, but yeah, basically if, uh, for the grants program, if people vote to, um, enact certain grants, then like you've said in one of your other episodes there, the community's trusting that we will actually honor that and send it. But at, to, at this point we have, so, so, but like, it's hard to, uh, you know, I, we've had conversations. We have a lot, we've had lots of conversations actually about how do we decentralize this more and stuff. And I think it's always come back down to like, the tech is just isn't there yet. It's really hard to like, it's just hard to integrate. I mean, even like, um, like some of these other Dow house and stuff like that. I mean, I think they're even on other chains. They're like on Gnosis chain or something like that. And it's like, Oh, I don't, we don't want to use Gnosis chain. So there's all sorts of just small nuances and problems that, so we're really like, we're waiting for other solutions to come. And if, if the solution presents itself to where we can decentralize more and, and be more autonomous and it's a viable solution, we will hundred percent do it. But if, uh, if it's just like half baked, then I'm like, I'm not in a rush to like just throw stuff together and say, oh, look, we're decentralized, but it's all taped together with like duct tape. It's just not worth it. Yeah, it makes sense. And a lot of really smart people are working on advancing DAO infrastructure and tooling um, to get it to a place where more people will want to adopt it. Um, speaking of which, do you have any favorite tools that you would recommend people check out who are starting or running DAOs aside from Snapshot and Gnosis Safe? Um, others you'd recommend? 
yeah, I don't know. The tools part is hard. Um, I would say try <laughs> to find like a really great relationship with a good developer and try not try to build all your own tooling, but try to like use that developer to like help you as much as possible because those people are going to be more on the cutting edge of like knowing what's possible and what's not possible. That's a good point. Even to help pick the tools, right? Like hire someone who knows about tools to help you pick the tools. Um, like yeah, the problem, my only problem with the tools thing is like, I, I just think another problem with DAOs is like, there's too many tools. Like, and the problem is too, is just most people, most people don't know how to use those tools. And so it's like, you have a lot of people who are in a DAO or probably in like five or 10 other DAOs and they all use different tools. And so it's like, if you have too many tools in your DAO, what you're going to do to yourself is you're just going to make it to where nobody wants to engage anymore because you're like making it really hard for them. And I've, I have that happen to me all the time. Like I, I don't have a lot of time. So like, I can't like go and figure out like what tool of the week my other DAO over here is using. I think that's the big problem right now is like, we need tools that can do a lot of things where it's kind of like cross DAO to where people are like, oh, I know that like Snapshot, for instance. I mean, everyone uses Snapshot. So it makes mm -hmm. sense. And I know Snapshot has its pros and cons. So I totally understand that. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, for some reason, you're talking about tools makes me think of just like, what are some of the simplest tools that I've found make things easier rather than harder to work with the DAO? And it's funny, the one that came to mind right away was Sobol, which um, is probably only needed in some circumstances. I think it's Sobol.io. And what it does is it helps you build a uh, basically a, a, a chart that shows you how the DAO is structured. It's like, what are all of the subgroups or teams within the DAO and who's part of which of those teams and can integrate with Discord so that if people are choosing roles in Discord, you know, those roles can represent the different teams. And um, I know Bankless uses that. And it's interesting, uh, you know, if you're relatively new or you're not active all the time, just to be able to, to look at that chart and be able to see like what are all the teams that people are working on and who are all the people on those teams now admittedly like when i look at some of the teams i'm on there's like hundreds of people supposedly on the team but really there's probably like five people who are actually the ones who show up to the meetings and contribute so maybe not not useful in every way but yeah um, that, that's one cool tool i'd recommend people check out that's cool you brought that up too and i'll vouch for sobel because sobel i i know the founder that's b Peets, and mm. b Peets was actually the user that um that pitched the idea of dow punk giving away grants so really it was actually it was actually <laughs> b Peets of sobel who who pitched that and that's and then we actually made b Peets do the first iteration of the framework because he's he pitched it. He's like, wow. what if we gave away grants? And I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Go and write a proposal right now. And he's like, oh, I don't know if I have time. I'm like, do it. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. B-Pizza is a, um, a Dow Punk. So yes, go check out Sobel. That's cool. And we probably should use Sobel for Dow Punks, but. Yeah. So, <laughs> so since you're not big into tools, I'll share a couple more um, for the audience that, that I've been looking at recently. So, you know, one of the tools that a lot of DAOs use already is Notion. And kind of like Discord, Notion is not a Web3 tool per se. I mean, it, it definitely comes from the Web2 world. It, there's no DAO or wallet ownership of accounts. It's, it's all very you know, traditional in that way. Um, but Notion's a wiki, and it makes it really easy for a DAO to have kind of like an internal homepage or like one source of truth where you can go to see the overall structure of the DAO in terms of like, what does the DAO do? 
How does it work? Maybe like when are the regular meetings? It's like core information. And then from there, you can link to Google Docs. If you have Google Docs involved, you can link to other websites, other places. And that's been a nice homepage. And one thing I've been really excited to see is there are a couple of new Web3 projects that are basically rebuilding Notion or something like it. Um, one of them is Lobby. I think it's lobby.so. And you could also compare Lobby to like a Gitbook and they're building a survey tool and certain other things. Um, but uh, they, they've done a pretty a compelling job uh, already. And, and Lobby, you know, the account can be owned by a wallet. So that could be your DAO's wallet and the users can log in with their wallets as well. And now I'm trying to remember the other one. Do you, do, do you know the other one, CryptoBushi, that's kind of like Notion? Uh, no, Notion's dope though. See, that's where you're going to lose me because I know Notion. Don't tell me to learn another one. <laughs> but I, I like <laughs> okay, I just Notion's dope. Yeah. So Charmverse. Charmverse, what's incredible, because I've just I've looked at some examples, it seems like they rebuilt all of Notion, which like Notion must have like hundreds or thousands of employees. They've been operating for a long time. Somehow this new Web3 tool, they must have amazing developers because they basically rebuilt Notion. You can import your Notion. And again, it just it basically allows you to use Notion. And it's very similar user interface and so not a ton of new stuff to learn but allows you to do it with more Web3 uh, concepts like wallet ownership. And hopefully they're moving towards um, using IPFS for storing data and, and stuff like that. But yeah, sorry, there may be another new one you have to learn uh, one of these days. Yeah, that's cool. I'm sorry I'm terrible with tools, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you gave me a chance to share a couple. What about, uh, last question for you. So any DAOs that you'd recommend people check out? So again, if you're new to the DAO space or maybe you're, you yourself are thinking about starting a DAO, um, what are some DAOs they should check out? And by the way, everyone says Bankless. I agree with Bankless. I, I got to tell you, probably 95% of my guests have been part of Bankless at one point or another, as am I, which is just remarkable because like, I didn't find you through Bankless. I'm not finding any of these people through Bankless, but it turns out everyone has a connection to it. Um, so that's definitely one people should check out if they haven't yet, as well as the Bankless podcast uh, and all the Bankless podcasts, which are which are all great. Um, but uh, what would you say, Crypto Bushi? Um, should people check yeah. out DaoPunks? What other DAOs should I would, they check out? I would plus one Bankless, obviously, because that was I was like one of the first. I was there on day one. So I would definitely plus one Bankless. Oh, that's very cool. Definitely plus one DaoPunks, not because I'm biased, but yes, Dao, come check out DaoPunks. DaoPunks is more of a place where you can come and like uh, figure out more about the Dao landscape and talk to people who work in Dao's and people who work full time for Web3, which is a great opportunity. If you're really like just trying to figure out if it's even possible for you or not, you can just talk to people who are actually like doing it. And then my third one would be check out Cult Dao. And this is not the... The caveat with cult DAO is that the way cult DAO, yeah, cult DAO is a meme, right? I mean, it's very much a meme, but and cult DAO has a very big like uh, investor following, like speculators, like moon boys type people. So just ignore those people. Go and look at the fundamentals of how cult DAO operates, how they have governance structure built on chain. Go look at how they have just all the stuff is made already. Like effectively, when cult DAO launched, it launched with everything made already. Like governance was already figured out, you know, all the smart contracts were already crafted. Everything was done and made. It was basically like the the founder, Mr. Amodulus, basically just dropped this like fully built house on the ground and said, okay, everyone start coming and living inside of it. Versus modern day DAOs right now where they're, they're basically like, hey, this is a nice plot of land. Let's build a house together. And they're all like, hey, does anyone here know how to build a wall? And some people are like, oh, I think I do. And that person really doesn't know how to build a wall. 
Instead, Mr. Modulus basically said, here's the house. Now you guys start living in it and start, you know, basically doing other stuff. So I would, I would stress for people, go look at that project, go and see like what a very basic governance structure can look like and um, what actual autonomy can look like. And then look at the problems that Kaltao has as well, because Kaltao has lots of problems too. And, and try to think like, okay, like what's the next iteration of like this? Like how, how can we go towards, you know, more decentralized autonomous DAOs and what does that look like? That's what I'm interested too. But you also have social DAOs too, right? Social DAOs like, uh, like, like Bankless and stuff. And then um, the only other one I would recommend too is if there's any women listening to this is Boys Club. Boys Club is a great group of women in Web3. They are um, super cool and uh, they're super meme also, just a great group. So Boys Club, if, if any women are listening. Yep. And I hope, I hope there's some women listening. Um, that's awesome. Good advice. And so I got to ask you actually just one more question. So you were there at the beginning of Bankless DAO, which is a, a very special and, and unique um, thing to have experienced. I mean, from all your experience with all these DAOs, like what is the one other biggest challenge that you've seen DAOs run into like Bankless, like the biggest challenge they faced as a community or alternatively, like just what's your number one piece of advice for people starting DAOs so that they um, you know, th they haven't had all the learning that you have. They haven't seen as much as you have, right? So like, how can they avoid the one biggest pitfall? Yeah, you cannot expect people to work for free. I think that's one that I'm seeing that a little bit happening more and more in the space. I think um, it's weird to me that like you have so many people that like they think like, oh, well, we're doing this for like a good cause or whatever. And so you should like you know, don't worry about your compensation. Like you'll be compensated later down the road. And, and I'm not saying that this is bankless, right? But bankless does have some issues with this bankless DAO. Um, and every DAO does. Every DAO I've ever been a part of has issues with paying people. And um, I think that's the part you need to figure out. Like if you want the best talent and you want the best people working on the project, yes, there is a period of time where people should prove their worth. And, you know, I think that if people come with their hand out right away, it's probably not somebody who's really that interested or invested in the project. But eventually there needs to come a time where that person starts to get value back from the DAO in some way. Maybe that's through like compensation. Maybe that's through whatever. I mean, there needs to be some value transfer back because you can't just have a bunch of people transferring their like brain power to the DAO and then the DAO just like hoarding it all and not dispersing anything back to the people. It just won't work. And so I'd say yeah. like, Anybody that's looking at starting a, a DAO or being a part of a DAO, that's a huge problem that needs to be solved is like, how do you compensate people for their time? How do you keep people engaged? And the number one way, in my opinion, to keep people engaged is to pay them. I mean, if you want people yeah. to stay around, you want people to be engaged, then you pay them for their time um, yeah. or else they're just going to go somewhere else that is. And that, that other place mm. that is, is probably going to be like a centralized business. It's not going to be like a DAO. So, mm. and can you pay them with tokens that don't have value yet? Does that count as paying them? Or are you saying you really need to give them like ETH or stable coins or something? Yeah, I would say you need to try to pay them in like, you need to try to pay them like a wage. Cause like these people that are like, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm lucky enough to live in a pretty nice house and like I live in a great area and, you know, I have a wife and I've got a kid on the way and stuff like I can't be working for free. So it's like, you know, when I, I would love to do stuff and, and I, I take that methodology too to Dow punks. I mean, if you ask any of the people that have ever really contributed a decent amount to Dow punks, like I've always tried to pay them, even if it's out of my own pocket, um, even if it's something, just something just to show like, Hey, look, you're, you know, I appreciate what you're doing. 
you know, here's something. Um, and I think there's a lot of projects out there that just expect that people are just going to work for free because they like the project and they're like, Oh, well, you know, they're, don't worry. Don't worry about it. Like, I just think that's a bad mentality. And so the DAO space needs to figure that out. And really anybody that works meaningfully in the DAO space will probably agree with me that yes, like compensation is probably the number one concern. Um, yeah. cause it hits home the most to people too. I mean, if people, if you want your DAO to succeed, you need to make, make sure the people who are working in it are comfortable and not worrying about like their bills and stuff all the time. Yeah. Cause if, if they're worried about their bills and stuff, they're just going to go find something else to, to fill that gap. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people should at least be, be conscious of like, are you building like a volunteer nonprofit organization where people shouldn't expect to get paid and you're just looking for volunteers or are you trying to build like a business or whatever, a DAO where you want the best of the best to come work there and like you're trying to make money together or at least build something financially sustainable together, in which case you, you probably do need to, to pay people. Um, and probably think about inclusion too. I mean, obviously, if you're not if you're not paying people to work, you're mostly going to get people who can afford to not get paid for work, and that's probably true in Web two for volunteer type organizations as well. Um, although I think people volunteer at all rungs of you know financial ladder, but uh, maybe more yeah. what people can afford. Well, you know to. that that takes me back to uh, to the to the cult DAO. I mean, again, I hate to be the cult DAO shillow here. I'm not like. I think if you look at cult DAO, like cult DAO doesn't have to pay anybody for anything because the DAO runs fully autonomous. <laughs> like it, it's the, it's built in a way to where like it doesn't have a marketing team. It doesn't have like an accounting team. It doesn't have, you know, oversight. It doesn't have like a CEO or anybody. It has nobody working for the, the, the DAO is essentially a smart contract. It works by itself and it, it functions completely on its own. And so like Coltow has zero operating budget. <laughs> like, and, and I mean, that's, that's another example right there to where like, maybe again, if you're thinking about the concept of DAO, maybe sometimes like trying to build it into, in a way to where it's like, it runs on its own. It's interesting as well, because then there's no overhead at all, as long as the machine functions properly. Right. Cause it needs yep. something to keep the, the oil going, but there's ways to do it. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, I got to spend more time looking into Colt DAO because I, I haven't, and it sounds really interesting. Um, Crypto Bushi, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Um, for anyone who hasn't yet, go check out the earlier episode of the podcast this week where Crypto Bushi and I went over the news in the world of DAOs and really dug into a lot of the stories and a lot of concepts like censorship resistance and privacy um, in a lot of depth. Um, yeah, Crypto Bushy, thank you so much. Uh, where can people find you on and your projects that you want to show, which is totally fine on Twitter and on social? So you can find me on Twitter um, at the Crypto Bushy. And then you can find DowPunks on Twitter as well. And it's at DowPunks NFT. Awesome. And we'll put those links in the show notes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at 0xThriller. You can find MyDAO at MyDAODS on Twitter. That's M-I-D-A-O-D-S or MyDAO.org. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. And again, Crypto Bushy, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. And to the audience, are you thinking about starting a DAO? Just DAO it. Just Dow It is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Just Dow It does not contain any legal or financial advice. 
MyDAO also does not provide legal or financial advice, and nor does your host, yours truly.